No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalms 62 and 63 where David waits on the Lord alone to be his defense and strength. He seeks God early in the day and throughout the night watches. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. Hurry up and wait. How many times have we heard that phrase as we rush somewhere only to have to wait in line? So much of life, it seems, is about waiting. But waiting on the Lord is wise. For those who wait on the Lord renew their strength and they inherit the earth and they receive power and mercy, as we shall see today. Psalm 62, the title is To the Chief Musician, to Jeduthun, a Psalm of David. Now, we don't know the circumstances when David wrote this psalm, but somehow he was being attacked by someone and he looked to God as his only hope. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. When things are troubling us, we usually will complain. But there is wisdom in silently waiting for God to handle the situation. David had learned through practice that it was always the Lord who came through for him, who saved him. And so he waited for the Lord to do that once again. Now, David said, you are my only rock and salvation. Often our problem is that we have plan B. If God doesn't come through for us, well, we have something else to fall back on. But that is unbelief. There is strength in making God our only rock and salvation. And if he doesn't come through, then we're dead meat. That's faith. Now, David would stand firm, silently waiting for God. I learned from Pastor Chuck Smith that we should never let go of what we know for what we don't know. That means trust in God alone. Stand your ground on what you know from his word, and he will be your defense. Verse 3, how long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah. So David says, how long will you attack a man? Now we see here the reason for David writing this psalm. He was under attack. David had many enemies, and so many of the Psalms are prayers that God would deal with them. I would not want to be one of David's enemies. David compares himself here to a leaning wall and tottering fence. He had been in his high position, and his enemies relentlessly tried to bring him down, and they had succeeded to the point that now he was tottering. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that you've been so hammered by the enemy that you can barely stand? The devil follows up his slanderous accusations with discouragement to take us out of the game. David said they bless with their mouths, but curse inwardly. I have known 
people like this who speak kind words to your face, but then ruin your reputation behind your back. Such hypocrisy is a lie, and they love it that way. My soul wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Pause and think about that. So David says, my soul wait silently for God alone. David is counseling himself to wait for God. Now, he already knows this is the right thing to do. He's already said it earlier, but he's reminding himself. He's talking to himself and just encouraging himself. No doubt David was tempted either to be depressed through what he was going through or to take matters into his own hands rather than waiting for God. By the way, waiting for God doesn't mean we do nothing. It's not an excuse for laziness. It's realizing that until God shows me what to do, I can do nothing worthwhile. And if I try, then I'll just mess things up. So we wait, we watch, and we pray until God shows us what to do next. David adds here that God is his glory and refuge. You see, David's glory had been trampled in the mud by his enemies. But God would glorify him in his time. Therefore, David could take refuge in the Lord. He didn't have to answer his accusers. He didn't have to raise his fist against them. He knew God would ultimately take care of it. Then he says, trust in him at all times, you people. David uses his personal situation as a sermon topic for the people. This is the beautiful thing about David. He didn't just go through stuff himself. He wrote about it and then encouraged others to apply the same lessons God was teaching him. When we are being drugged through the mud, we must remember that God has things to teach us and he wants to teach others through our experiences. He says, pour out your heart before him for God is a refuge for us. It's wonderful that David did this. He practiced that. He did pour out his heart honestly before God. And we can be honest with God. We can pour out our hearts to him and he will listen. Surely men of low degree are a vapor. Men of high degree are a lie. If they are weighed on the scales, they are altogether lighter than vapor. Do not trust in oppression, nor vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. So whether you're low degree, a poor person, or high degree, a rich person, uh, you're just a vapor is what David says. You know, you're here and you're gone. So don't think too much about yourself, you see. Uh, don't trust in oppression or robbery. Now, he's speaking here probably to the rich people because the rich seek to get richer through oppression or robbery. And he says, if riches increase, don't set your heart on them. God may bless you so that your riches increase. Just make sure you do it honestly. But there are dangers in prosperity. Often with riches come temptations. So to avoid such pitfalls, don't set your heart on your riches, but set them on the kingdom of God. Remember that God owns everything, and you are simply the steward of his resources. God has spoken once, twice I have heard this. 
that power belongs to God. Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy, for you render to each one according to his work. God has omnipotent power to do all things, and his power is controlled by his mercy. Because he's merciful, he will give you the power that you need by his spirit, and he will reward each one according to his or her own deeds. Well, Psalm 63 says a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. So there are many times when David was in the wilderness. It is thought that this was probably the time that he was escaping Jerusalem, escaping Absalom, seeking to take the throne from him because it refers to him as being king. Now he says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. So imagine David leaving Jerusalem, going into the barren wilderness of Judah where there's very, very little water, and it's a metaphor for his spiritual thirst right now. There are times when we go through life when we are spiritually barren, spiritually thirsty. We know we need a refilling of the Lord and we're thirsty for God. And that's what he's saying. Lord, I I seek you. My soul is in desperate need for you. I'm thirsting for you. Uh, And yet there's no water, you see. I'm barren in this situation. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary. David had worshiped there in the sanctuary in Jerusalem and known the power and the glory of God And he wanted to experience that again. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. I love this, that David found the loving kindness of God to be paramount. It was better than life itself. And so here he was. He didn't know how this was all going to turn out. He didn't know if he was going to come back alive to Jerusalem and be king still or not. It could be that he would have died in battle at this point and then Absalom would have become king. He didn't know, but he realized that the Lord's loving kindness was better than all that. And even if he did die, he would go to be with the Lord. And do you have that kind of faith? You know, I look around right now and so many people are in a panic about this pandemic. Uh, but the, the bottom line is that if you know Jesus Christ and you die from whatever reason, whether it's a coronavirus or you get hit by a Mack truck, uh, guess what? You get to be with the Lord forever. And the thing is, is that his loving kindness is what sustains us through our life, whether we're here or whether we're with him. And so we need to just realize that We're going to die sometime. And so just relish in the loving kindness of the Lord and be at peace and know that God is in control. You're indestructible until he's through with you. But when he's through with you, you get to be with Jesus forever. Now, he said, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. The satisfaction of the soul, of course, marrow and fatness speak of the richest kind of food. But David was saying, look, I am satisfied with you, Lord. 
When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. So David would remember the Lord, meditate upon him through the night watches. There were three night watches from sunset to sunrise. And of course, David being a military man uh, would know all about those night watches, but probably many times those were times of great fellowship with the Lord in the middle of the night. I have experienced that myself, not because I'm watching for the enemy, but just because I can't sleep. But those times are great times of fellowship. And he said, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Just drawing near to the Lord, realizing that God was there, that God was his protection and comfort, and that his right hand would uphold him through everything. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. David had seen this happen so many times with his enemies where God defeated the enemies of David. And so he just knew that, look, I'm in God's hands and he's going to take care of my enemies. The king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. And so David here teaches us to wait on the Lord no matter what we're going through and not to give way to fear, but to enjoy the loving kindness of the Lord who takes you through everything you go through and brings you to that place of peace and rest in him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll look at Psalms 64 and 65, where David seeks God's protection from his enemies, and he commends the Lord's gracious care of his people and the earth. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.